Good morning. As Joe said, my name is Lori Prather, and I am the children's pastor here. So kids, don't worry. We're keeping this short today just for you. <laughs> Cheer. Yes. Yes. Hi, Ryder. So we, I'm super excited because we're starting a new series today, like Ryan said, Into the Wild. And if you know anything about me, you will know that this is ironic that I am starting a series called Into the Wild because I am the least into the wild girl you're ever going to meet. I did not grow up with outdoorsy parents. I did not camp. It wasn't until I met my husband, whose backyard growing up was 200 acres of state forest, that I truly, really understood like into the wilderness and what that means. About nine years ago, we decided to take an RV trip with our kids and some friends, and we went to Yellowstone. And there, I feel like I started to experience what it's like to be in the wild, because you see bears and elk and buffalo and everything in their natural habitat but in the safety of your car, which is what I liked. And then one evening we finished dinner and we heard like some commotion in the camp. And so, you know, we set out to figure out what it was and that's when we met this guy. Maybe. Not the dove. There he is. Thank you. I don't know if you can really see how big he is. As big as you think he looks, he was bigger. And they did say, you don't bother him, he won't bother you. Um, but our daughter, Megan, she is, if, I wish you could see her, she's sitting there going, mm -mm. we have traumatized her by this experience. Because to get to the other side of the campground where the bathrooms were, so you had to go there eventually, you had to go like across him. And this is what he did, he did not move, but he would track your every step, your every move. It felt dangerous, it felt scary, it felt unsafe, and that is probably the closest I've ever been to being in the wild. And so today I want to open with prayer, but while I do that, I want you to sort of come up with your own memory, your own experience, as we go to talk about what it means to follow the Holy Spirit into the wild. What does that look like for you? Maybe it's a buffalo, maybe it's something way scarier, because again, that's about as scary as it gets for me. So I want you to think through your own experiences and come up with what that looks like for you. Heavenly Father, as that song said today, we want to be overcome by your presence. And if we really think about what that means, it means that eventually we would be thinking of nothing else but you today. And God, I just pray as we enter into this topic of the Holy Spirit that we would be open to the Holy Spirit and that we wouldn't just hear words today, God, but we would be moved into action by what you have for us today. God, we love you and we're so grateful to be here. In your name we pray, amen. So I was very blessed that I grew up in church. I really can't remember a time that I didn't know the presence of God, but somehow there was something I missed in church all of those years. I knew that the Trinity, of course, the Holy Spirit was part of the Trinity, so obviously he's been there since the beginning of time, but somehow I missed him in the Old Testament. And so today, real briefly, I just want to show a couple examples that he's been there all along. When we look at creation, the very first chapter of the Bible, really the first couple verses, the Bible tells us there, there was nothing, right? It was void, it was formless, and then in verse 2, it says this, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. From the beginning, 
of creation, the Holy Spirit was present and active. And he was active in the lives of the Israelites. With I, I often forget that. And the passage that really struck me comes in Numbers chapter 11. And what leads up to this is Moses is basically complaining to God. He is saying, God, I, these um, Israelites are too much. I can't handle them. And if you know much about the Israelites, I kind of understand. They are a lot to handle. And so he's saying it's too much responsibility. And so God says, okay, okay, I'll tell you what. You go get 70 elders, 70 men, bring them to the tabernacle, and then this is what God says. He says, I will come down and I will talk to you there, which is a big deal. I will take some of the spirit that is on you, Moses, and I will put the spirit on them also. And then they can bear some of that burden and you can share it. The spirit was alive and active even in the Old Testament. And there are many stories and many accounts, but we don't have time for that today. So we're going to fast forward to the New Testament. We're going to kind of land in Luke chapter 3 toward the end of it and see what I think is a very pivotal moment with the Holy Spirit. So it says, one day when the crowds were being baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. I think what we see in this passage is that Jesus and the Holy Spirit had a super cool relationship, a special relationship. And it gets better than that because he shared that relationship with us. He passes it on to us. And so for the next three weeks, we just want to talk about what that looks like in our lives. What it looks like when the Holy Spirit convicts and leads us Next week, Cameron's going to talk about what is the Holy Spirit calling on our lives feel like. And then Matt's going to end the series with maybe the best characteristic of the Holy Spirit, I think, is that he's a comforter. Now, you may be saying, wait a minute, you said we were going into the wild. You've said nothing wild yet. Well, as soon as Jesus is baptized, we go straight into chapter 4 and straight into the wild. In the very first verse of chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I need you to remember that phrase. So kids, help out the adults because you know how to do this. I want you to say that with me. Full of the Holy Spirit. And I had two of you, so we're going to do it again. Ready? Full of the Holy Spirit. Good job. So Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. I have read the scripture a million times, and I think I have glossed over that what got him to the wilderness, who got him to the wilderness, was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit knew what was waiting for him there. He knew that the devil was going to be there, and he knew that it was 40 days of challenges and hunger, and it was not a pleasant time. One of the things that I think we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that often when you are convicted and led, you are led into the wild. We are not led somewhere safe as we would like to be, but we are led into the wild. 
Now, I think it's important if we're going to talk about, like, okay, leading and, and following the Spirit, then maybe your question is, well, how do I know? Like, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit talk to me? And my answer to you is, I don't know. Very helpful. Because I don't know how the Spirit speaks to you. I only know how the Spirit speaks to me. We have a huge, great big God that is also so intimate that he knows that how I think is different than how you think. And my experiences are different than your experiences. And so he knows that we all sort of perceive in different ways. If you're curious, I would say you're looking for maybe you'll hear the Holy Spirit. Maybe you'll see something and that is the leading of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you feel it. Maybe you say something and you're like, wait, where did that come? from the Holy Spirit, or maybe you just know it. For me, I've been very blessed to have an amazing relationship with the Holy Spirit a lot of my life. And so I can tell you from personal experience, for me, usually how I sense the leading of the Holy Spirit is I will hear a voice, either in my head or sometimes as loud as it's someone sitting in the car with me, or I will just suddenly know something. But what's important today is that you understand that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't know how Jesus sensed. Did he hear the Holy Spirit? Did he feel him? Did the dove just keep flying into the wilderness? I don't know. And that really doesn't matter because what's important is that Jesus followed, that he was open and willing to go wherever the Spirit led him, and he obeyed. About 13 years ago, we moved here from Indiana, packed up the kids and moved, and it was uh, probably the biggest Holy Spirit wilderness experience I've ever had because we didn't know, really, we didn't have jobs, we didn't know where we were going to live. I mean, there was, we didn't know what we were getting into or moving to the desert, what? It was scary, and it felt very into the wild, but... The reason we were able to do it is we knew that we knew that we knew with everything in our being that this is where God wanted us to come. Now, what's interesting about that is that my parents really struggled with this decision. And I know it's, they were losing their grandkids and they were sad. But over the years, what I've struggled with is, well, we love Jesus and they love Jesus. And we talk to Jesus and they talk to Jesus. So why did we know and they didn't? And it finally occurred to me, because we had the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and they didn't. I don't know why. Maybe it wasn't their conviction to be had. Maybe it made it more of a wilderness experience for us because they didn't. And I was telling a friend this story this week, and she kind of looked at me and laughed. And I said, are you thinking that maybe someone who took 13 years to figure that out shouldn't be preaching on the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. I get you. But I'm here to tell you that I understand it. And when you go into the wild, he's there. The great theologian, Joe Webb, <laughs> said this the other day, and I wrote this down. I was like, oh, Joe, that was good. That was the Holy Spirit right there. And he said this, the Holy Spirit may comfort, but doesn't always lead us somewhere comfortable. So often when we are convicted and led by the Holy Spirit, we're going to be led into the wild but we're also going to be led to transformation, which is so amazing. Right after Jesus is in the wilderness and he's tempted, the next verse in chapter 4 is verse 14, and it says this, Jesus returned to Galilee 
powerful in the spirit. Now, what was the phrase I ask you to remember? Full of the spirit. And now he's powerful in the spirit. And I found this great, great quote by Simon Ponsonby that I just can't say it any better than this. He says, is Luke purposefully making a distinction between the spirit filled going into the wilderness and the spirit empowered coming out of the wilderness? I believe he is. The spirit must take Jesus to a private, desperate, dangerous place to allow him to be tested and tempered and only then does Jesus begin his ministry of preaching and miracles in the power of the Spirit? I want you to hear those three words again. To a private, desperate, dangerous place. That does not sound fun to me. I don't know about you, but I'm not going, woohoo, sign me up. I love desperate and dangerous places. Yay! No! That doesn't sound fun, but here's what I know about private, desperate, and dangerous places. You can't help but come out of them transformed and changed. And I believe that just like Jesus, a lot of times what changes is maybe your mission, your understanding of what God wants us to do. And it may be as simple as God saying, I want you to go talk to that person. And you're like, I don't want to talk to that person. They're going to think I'm weird. It's scary. I don't want to. Or maybe he's leading you to go on a mission trip to somewhere that is dangerous. And you're like, Holy Spirit, have you been watching the news? Are you sh That's not where you want me to go. Mm -mm. But when you do, and if you've done that before, you know that your perspective expands of who God is and what he's trying to accomplish in this world. And it may even change altogether. The Holy Spirit also wants to transform us, our actions. If you look in the Bible and you look for where conviction and Holy Spirit are put together in the same sentence, almost always it is talking about the conviction of sin, of knowing that right from wrong. It is that voice that kids, whether you're six or seven or whether you're 67, it still exists. It's that voice saying, don't do that. Your parents are not going to be happy. Or don't do that. That's not what God wants for your life. In Galatians, um, first he lists the fruit of the Spirit. So kids, can you help me? If you went to camp last year, you should know this. So we have love, joy, peace, patience, right? Goodness, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self. Very good over there. Good job. And then it says this. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I think it's important to catch that every part of our lives because sometimes we want to go, well, the Holy Spirit can have my Sunday morning church part of my life or the Holy Spirit can have this part, but I don't want it to have every part of my life. But the Bible says you are to let him lead in every part of your life and that is where transformation in who you are will happen. I have a very quick little example up here. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Ralph, Ralph, we get it. But we can't change who we are. And the sooner you accept that, the better off your game and your life will be. So if Wreck-It Ralph were a real person, that would be Holy Spirit conviction right there. I don't want to be a bad guy anymore. And I love that they tell him, you can't change, it's who you are, it's who you are in the game. Guess what? 
The enemy is trying to tell us the same thing. You can't change. You can't be a different person. That's what you've done your whole life. And I am here to tell you today, the Holy Spirit says that is not true. When you let me lead and convict you, then you can and you will change. So the Holy Spirit will often lead us into the wild and the Holy Spirit will lead us to transportation. And I also love that when we are convicted and led by the Holy Spirit, we are led right to Jesus. It's an intimacy. I can't think of any time that I was truly convicted or led that there wasn't an intimate moment that I had. And it would be like, let's say you invite some friends over for dinner and afterwards you go to the living room and you sit on one side and they sit on the other side and you barely talk. When they leave, you would have little connection with them. Nothing probably would have changed, right? So let's say they move a little closer and you talk about the weather and maybe your kids, some light things. So you have a little bit of a connection. But what if that conversation got real personal and real deep? This happened to me back in the fall. My husband had um, someone coming over to help with the project. And when he got there, his wife was with him which is fine. I, I knew her. We kind of knew each other, ran in the same kind of school circles. And so we sat and talked. And of course, it started light, chatting, chatting about just general things. And then all of a sudden, it got real personal. And she began to share some very real things in their lives and, and just things they'd been through individually and challenges they were facing in their marriage. And there were tears. And it was a very real conversation and when she left, our relationship had changed. There was no way it couldn't. We had had an intimate, personal moment. And it is just like that with Jesus. When you are real with him, when you get personal with him, when you open up to him, which the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to, you will encounter him. John 16, 12 and 14 says this. He's talking to the disciples. And he says, I have so much more to say to you, but you can't handle it. You can't bear that now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will bring, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. In other words, he says, I know I'm leaving, but it'll kind of be like I'm still here. I am leaving the spirit with you, so it will be like I'm here. I love that the message version of the scripture calls the spirit the friend. He says, I'm leaving the friend with you. I have a lot of great friends, but I don't know that there's any friend better than the Holy Spirit who will lead you into truth and lead you to Jesus. Now, I think it's worth a quick note that after Jesus delivers this message, in the next passage, the disciples bless their hearts. Do you know what they say? What did he mean by that? What is he talking about? Gotta love those disciples. But here's what I love. That tells me that the Holy Spirit doesn't need, doesn't rely on my understanding to move. Thank goodness. I don't always have to understand the conviction and the leading. I just have to be open to it. I just have to be willing. I just have to be obedient. I just have to be okay with following where he's leading me. Now, if I'm being honest, which I probably should if I'm standing up here, it's expected that I would be honest with you, I way, way, way more times 
have said no to the Holy Spirit leading, then I have said yes. As I'm talking, I think of countless times that God said, call that person, go talk to that person, write that person a note, go do this, go do that. And I have great excuses. I'm busy, I don't have time for that right now. Oh, that person, they are not going to like that. But it really comes down to this. I missed that often when the Holy Spirit convicts and leads us, he's leading us straight into the wild. That most of the time, it's not going to feel good. If you're just sitting back and waiting like, I will go when it feels comfortable, then you're probably missing a lot of opportunities just like I did. And what I know is that every time I said no to going into the wild, I miss an opportunity to be transformed from my understanding of what God wants for me to be expanded, missed it. To maybe change something about who I am, missed it. A chance to have an intimate encounter with Jesus, I missed it. All because I wasn't willing to go into the wild. The conviction and leading of the Holy Spirit is meant to draw us closer to the person and the presence and the power of who he is. Let me say that again. The person and the presence and the power of who he is. So the band's going to come up today. And while they're singing, what I want you to know is back in this corner over here, we have some amazing prayer warriors that are going to be standing there with you. Available to, to pray over anything that you want prayed over. But here's what I'm really hoping. Whatever it looks like today, that you just respond. Maybe you're scared because maybe you've been sitting here and you've gone, oh no, God's been trying to lead me into the wild and I just wanted to play it safe. Maybe God has been trying to transform you and the Holy Spirit has been leading you in a direction that you have been resistant because you don't want to go there. Maybe you don't want to have to step outside your comfort zone. Maybe you don't want to see someone or something in a different light. Or maybe you just don't want to change because change can be hard. Personal growth is not easy. Maybe today Jesus is simply saying to you, just lean in to me. Just follow the Spirit and experience who I am. Heavenly Father, we love you. And that word just keeps coming up that we would be overcome by you today, God. Overcome, which means we don't know what else to do but to respond and react to how you're moving in us today. God, I pray for courage. That for anyone in this room, maybe they heard you in a different way today. Maybe they felt you. Maybe they suddenly have knowledge of something. Or God, maybe they knew it when they walked in and they just can't ignore it anymore. That's what I pray. God, that we would feel your spirit move so mightily that we have to respond to it. Don't let us miss this opportunity and just sit here because we're worried what someone will think. God, I want us to be able to look at someone who came with us today and said, here's what I'm feeling. Here's where I think I'm being led. Hold me accountable to that. I want us to be able to go to the prayer team and say, this is what I need prayer for, or I just need you to pray over me. And the Bible tells us that when you have no words, when you are at a loss and you're just crying out, don't worry, I sent you a friend and he will communicate 
for you. God, I just today give us courage to do something, to move forward, to not be afraid of the wild anymore and to recognize that voice, that sensing that it's you. Maybe today we've never known that. It's been there and we didn't know what to call it or what. God, today we know now it's you. And let us lean into that and experience all that you have for us. In your name we pray, amen.